Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode-by-episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Agents of Nothing, and welcome to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah. And I'm Caroline. And today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 10, The Bridge. So, Mariah, how was your week? My week? So, I was dog-sitting for both my mom and my sister, but Mimi... My mom's dog. ...is... 16 years old. Oh, wow. She is very much a senior dog. And so the last time I had watched her, she didn't require so much maintenance. Mm -hmm. This time she has like a lot more medications that she needs to take. She needs to go out a lot more often than she used to. You know, just all the things that come with (laughs) the life of being a senior dog, taking care of a senior dog. And I just got overwhelmed. I haven't ever had my own dog, so I don't know how to take care of a senior dog. Right. Um, So the boarder that my mom uses, she was going to be out of town, which was why I was supposed to dog sit. But then something happened and she had to stay in town. Oh. (laughs) So I was able to bring Mimi to someone who has taken care of dogs before, you know? Yeah. So Caroline, how was your week? I had a pretty good week. At the beginning of the week last week, David like set up this super cute little at-home date. It was so cute. I had to do stuff after work and so when I got home, he had like we have a bunch of Christmas lights around the rooms and stuff and so he had only the Christmas lights and a candle were the only lights that we had on and he like made dinner and stuff. It was really cute. That's so sweet. (laughs) I know. Young love. So cheesy. I loved it. (laughs) So that was that was my week. That like carried me through the rest of the week. So that's really cute. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. All right, let's get into this. <laughs> so this episode was written by Shalisha Francis and directed by Holly Dale. Ooh, are those both uh, female writers and director? I assume so. Um, I Let me look it up real quick. Maybe that's why this episode was so fucking good. <laughs> Honestly, Shalisha Francis, TV writer. Who you? Yes, she's a woman. Woohoo! That's so cool. Well, they did a great job. So <laughs> let's jump into this. All right. We have um, a couple of new characters, but most of the like non-central characters in this episode were kind of, we've seen them before. So we have, you know, Mike Peterson, an oldie but a goldie. We have Raina, who we, we all remember, our villainous goddess. Yes. We have Poe, not the Teletubby. And then we have two new ones, Brian Haywood, or Hayward, I think, who is a human centipede. <laughs> so sorry. Um, no. And his, no. And, no. His, <laughs> and his sister, Laura Hayward, who wants to do right, but not right now, <laughs> which you'll only get if you know the song, Look at Miss Ohio. I don't. <laughs> Let's get into this episode. All right. 
So before we start the episode rundown, I want to say that this episode was actually the mid-season finale. Oh, I thought that. Okay. Yeah, so that also explains why it's so good. Yeah. And I could be wrong, but I think this is one of the first episodes with a recap at the beginning. Yeah. And so it's really interesting to see what they think is important to know for the plot of the episode. Yeah, absolutely. I actually pulled up a promo for this episode that aired... Uh, on ABC. Oh. And so you and I are going to watch it together. Okay. I'll insert the audio in the final cut of the podcast and uh, hope we don't get sued. I think it's fine. I think it'll be good. Gilmore guys did it. <laughs> hey. Yes? I don't have COVID. He doesn't have COVID. Yeah. Oh, he can't hear me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Caroline said, yeah. Yeah, Aaron was feeling a little under the weather and was concerned enough to take a home COVID test, and he does not have COVID. Thank goodness. We've managed to avoid it thus far. All right, so let's watch this promo. All right, I'm going to start it now. Mr. Peterson? We need you to suit up. All new, two weeks from tonight, a mission so dangerous. Isn't S.H.I.E.L.D. be sending in backup? They already did. It requires a new agent. You shouldn't be here. Whose loyalty <laughs> will be tested. Let's finish this. We need immediate satellite support. <laughs> Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. All new Tuesday, December okay. 10th at 8, 7 central on ABC. And see full episodes on Watch ABC Online or download the app. <laughs> I love watching promos. I love watching promos. And they're so dramatic. <laughs> they're so dramatic for what? Okay. <laughs> First off, the opening shot with Coulson just whipping his sunglasses off. <laughs> I swear to God, they sped it up. I swear. Wait, okay, okay. So, first of all, May being like a total asshole. <laughs> you shouldn't be here. And that is not, that's, May wasn't even talking no. to, to Mike. <laughs> and then they show a shot of Mike and he looks dejected. Oh no! <laughs> Like, everybody liked Mike. He was fine. (laughs) Mike is the best. (laughs) That was so dramatic. That (laughs) was. Okay. (laughs) I wanted to do this because it was always the funniest part of Gilmore Guys when they would show the weird CW Gilmore Girls things. Yeah. Because the CW could not figure out what kind of show Gilmore Girls was. Oh, no. Well, CW can't figure out anything, so. (laughs) Okay, I'm done crying. (laughs) So, let's actually get into this episode. Okay, so, we open in Havenworth Federal Penitentiary on a prisoner who very clearly strikes fear into the hearts of his peers. And suddenly, the ceiling caves in, and three guys with centipede arms come crashing down into the cafeteria and start throwing the guards around the room. The fearsome prisoner is eating calmly in the corner until one of the centipede guys tells him it's time to go. The prisoner corrects him. He wants to be called Sir. So the centipede obliges and the four of them get airlifted out through the ceiling. 
no explosion. <laughs> this guy sucks. Yes. I'm not saying that because he does crimes or because he's in prison or because he's breaking out of prison. He just has a terrible fucking personality. <laughs> just the worst. So back in our plane, Coulson comes to Skye's bunk to remind her of the briefing that's coming up in a few minutes. And he recognizes a woman named Catherine Shane on Skye's laptop screen. His face softens as he remembers how he used to work with Catherine in the 90s. And he learned a lot about her, like how she's smart and resourceful, and she has a soft spot for Truffaut movies. Damn! Who did Coulson <laughs> not have a thing with? Like... <laughs> I don't think my naive little brain would have ever registered that Coulson was such a player if you hadn't pointed it out. And now it's all I can see. <laughs> Literally. Coulson, keep it in your pants. <laughs> for real, for real, for real. But, but at least he drinks his respect women juice yes. and seems to be friendly with and think fondly of all the women he's fucked. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think every single woman that he's, like, made eyes at or has, like, made it clear that he's had some kind of past with, like, he respects them and he, like, thinks fondly of them. So, that's good. Good for him. I'm not slut-shaming. He sees them as people. Yeah, he just enjoys them. Wow. <laughs> so, Sky slut-shames him a little bit and says that from this file, she thinks that Catherine could have been her mom. Please let that mean Coulson is her dad. <laughs> Um, Sky is pretty confident in her method of narrowing down potential mother candidates, but Coulson doesn't think Sky will be able to find her mom like this, even if Agent Shane was the person who left Sky at the orphanage. And Sky asks once again if Coulson will remove her internet nanny because that sure would make it a whole lot easier for her to find what she's looking for. But Coulson's not willing to remove Sky's prison bracelet, although he did have May look into more restricted shield files allegedly <laughs> sky's a little uncomfortable with anyone else knowing about this because she wanted to keep it private which is within her rights yeah <laughs> but colson reminds her that may specializes in private which is true but i like colson already knows who sky's mom is and what happened to her i don't understand why he's getting her hopes up like this <laughs> The only thing I could think during this exchange was how weird and out of line it is for Coulson to be doing this. Yes. Like, who is he to think he has the right to keep this information from Skye? Yeah. He really hasn't known her for very long. Like, I know she's young, but she's still an adult woman who doesn't need her new boss to keep secrets from her. Uh, yeah. In fact, we just had an episode all about how much she hates people keeping secrets from her. Exactly. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Anyway, so then we move over to uh, May and Ward are sparring, and May is kicking his ass while Ward <laughs> is trying to flirt, like, hardcore. Did you see that lip bite? <laughs> May brings him to the ground, and then they're both flirting. <laughs> She says that she read his file. I know you favor your left. Ugh, ew, 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 ew. <laughs> Ward's like, it says that? What else do they have in there? And May's like, it also says you don't play well with others. And I have a recording of my exact reaction to Ward's response because <laughs> describing it to you will not do it justice. <laughs> How much I hated this. So hang on one second. Okay. I'm very excited. <laughs> play well with others. 
to flirt and not only was made not into it but is actually super fucking pissed he even attempted yes <laughs> she's like um we're at work <laughs> and then colson interrupts them thank fuck and tells them to towel down and get to the meeting <laughs> i feel like colson knows and he's also not here for it so back in the command center, Coulson tells them about the prison break that we saw earlier. And the only clue they have as to who done it is the centipede arms. Simmons gets fucking stoked that they were right about Chan's platelets solving the combustion problems. And Fitz reminds her that maybe we shouldn't be so excited about that. <laughs> Simmons, baby, be excited about anything and everything you want, okay? You deserve it, sweetheart. Fitz... I know you want her cute nerdiness all to yourself, but how dare you try and deprive us of her adorable info dumping? Yeah, come on, Fitz. Don't be selfish. (laughs) So Coulson continues, saying that two of the Centipede Labs have been destroyed, but that they just keep popping up. And now Centipede has at least three super soldiers on their team. May asks the right question, who did they break out? Well... They broke out Edison Poe, a former Marine and an expert in tactics and rapid response. He was off the grid for five years or so and then reappeared at a diner in Boston where he stabbed his friend's eyes out, apparently, with a steak knife and then finished his meal. God. (laughs) Mariah, I promise I will never stab your eyes out with a steak knife and then finish my meal. (laughs) That just seems like a very specific situation. And I want you to know that'll never happen. (laughs) Oh, God. Thank you. Oh, I was was really worried about that. Yeah. Well, you can rest easy. (laughs) But, like, if you slip up and do it anyway, please at least clean the knife off before you use it to eat with. Okay, okay. It would just make me feel better about it. I promise. I will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So our S.H.I.E.L.D. team is running point on trying to find this guy, but S.H.I.E.L.D. did send them back up this time. Mike Peterson! Woo! I love him. So we cut over to Mike. He is pushing like a giant fucking tractor or something across a football field with one of those like training dummies that football players use to like tackle things or whatever. (laughs) Uh, You saw the episode. I don't know. Yeah. Um, He asked the trainer if he beat Captain America's time and apparently he wasn't even close. And like, I I feel like he was probably a lot closer than like most people would be to beating Captain America's time (laughs) on like this particular kind of thing. So then as Mike is starting to put the bulldozer away, Coulson interrupts him to tell him to put the bulldozer away (laughs) and suit up. (laughs) 
Which, if that were me, I'd be like, um, I was literally in the middle of putting this away, so now I'm not going to, because you told me to. <laughs> so, May and Coulson are waiting to greet Mike on the plane, and May thinks having him will be a bad idea. And while she's in such a good mood, Coulson warns May that Skye may come to her for help finding out who dropped her off at the orphanage. So May is going to have to lie to her if they're going to continue hiding the truth from Skye, which I still don't know why they're doing that. Again. This definitely works in the world of the show, but super out of line. Why are you lying to her? Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. I'm sure I'll understand it eventually, but anyway. So as Mike approaches, he greets both of them and May walks away. <laughs> Does she literally show up just so that Mike would know that she did not want to greet him? <laughs> no, she showed up to say, what, what, what was it? You don't belong here. Yeah, she showed up just to say, you don't belong here. <laughs> just to his face. And then walk away. That's all. <laughs> That's all she wanted. Dramatic queen. <laughs> So Coulson explains that she's still a little salty about Mike throwing her into a brick wall last time they saw each other. Mike assures Coulson that he is not the same person that he was back then. Working with S.H.I.E.L.D. has helped him get a handle on his powers and allowed him to be the man that he wants to be. Coulson lets him know that he will absolutely give Mike a second chance, but not a third. <laughs> Ward, Skye, Fitz, and Simmons are all reviewing the footage that Skye took of Mike from that burning building so long ago. And they're all bitching about having Mike there with them. <laughs> Wait, I guess what I said earlier about everybody being happy that he was there is wrong. <laughs> Nobody wanted him. I mean, he wins them all over. He does, he does. <laughs> I forgot about this part. Anyway, so they're all bitching about having Mike there with them. Fitz reasons that there's no way S.H.I.E.L.D. would send Mike if he was still combustible. And Simmons subtweets Sky like, I mean, it's not like we haven't taken in other people with questionable track records. <laughs> Sky's like, uh, thanks. But she also verifies that Mike is a good guy, considering that she's the only one of this team to have actually spent any time with him. Uh, I would believe her. Yeah. But Ward, of course, doesn't trust Skye's judgment ever. So just as Coulson and Mike are walking up behind him, Ward is saying how Mike was a raging Cajun homicidal maniac. <laughs> you know, we love a they're right behind me, aren't they moment. It's so, so cliche. But because it happened to Ward, it was very funny to me anyway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Schadenfreude. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so Coulson introduces everyone to Mike Ward as the man who shot you at Union Station. <laughs> Fitzsimmons designed the weapon that he used, and Sky was Mike's kidnap victim. <laughs> Coulson is so messy. <laughs> Um, Sky forgives Mike on behalf of everyone and then changes the subject, asking about Ace, Mike's son, who is still living with his aunt and thinks that his dad is working construction, but is happy overall. Then they get down to business. They don't have much on Poe so far, but they did find a facial recognition match on one of the centipedes, Brian Hayward. His only living relative is his sister, Laura, a sophomore at the University of Ohio. Oh, me, oh, my, oh. Look at Miss Ohio. <laughs> That's the song. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know it. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Somebody will. Maybe somebody yeah. will. I'm sure it's very funny to you if you do. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy for you. Like, I hope you're getting a really good laugh. <laughs> Chip did. Always the perfect timing. Always. 
So then Coulson and Ward plan to go talk to Laura because she may be their best option of getting info on Brian. So Mike goes to talk to Coulson while they're flying towards Cleveland. And Coulson rambles a little bit about, we don't need all these fancy gizmos all the time. Sometimes we just need the tools of the past. Okay, Grandpa. (laughs) And Mike's like, uh, great, but why am I here again? And Coulson says they need him on the plane. Not necessarily to test his stability, but to know his limits, since Mike's powers do take a toll on him. In the lab, Mike is telling Simmons about his eating habits while she measures around his torso with a tape measure. He says he eats four times the food now as he did before, and when he actually has to use his powers, he eats ten times as much, and then he crashes afterwards. He says it's really hard on his body. But all Simmons got from that is hard (laughs) and body. (laughs) So So then Fitz comes up to remind Simmons that he exists, and that they... Also, that they have equipment that can measure Mike without uh, a tape measure. <laughs> they really don't need to do it manually. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so Simmons gets flustered and walks away. Fitz tells Mike about the ideas that he has for a diagnostic suit for Mike to wear in the field and gets curious about Mike's centipede. Mike explains that at PSYOPs, they tried to take it off of him, but it turns out he'll actually die without it. So Fitzsimmons are dying to know how they stabilized Mike. But Mike says that it was actually Fitzsimmons, not PSYOPs, who stabilized him. The night-night gun somehow froze him right at the moment his body was about to explode and helped his body absorb the serum and stabilize itself. So the night-night gun saved him and didn't even leave a scar. And they're both just like... (laughs) No big deal. Whatever. (laughs) But Simmons continues like, of course not. What a shame that would be when you're so well-formed and symmetrical. And, oh, Fitz, when did you start talking? (laughs) And Fitz is like, um, about three embarrassing sentences ago. (laughs) Um, I love that we got to see Fitz's awkward little crush on Skye. And now we see Simmons not so much trying to flirt, but suffering from extremely horny word vomit. Yes! (laughs) It's very enjoyable. (laughs) Um, So... Then we cut to Ward and Coulson driving towards University of Ohio. They're about 10 minutes away. And Ward is interested in taking the course that Laura Hayward is in called Psychology of Women, Unraveling the Female Psyche, which of course he is. (laughs) And for anyone who wants that to be a real class, I can just sum up the whole thing for you in three sentences. Number one, women are individuals and cannot be easily generalized. Number two, if you have a question about something a specific woman wants or is doing, then ask that woman. And if you cannot ask that woman, or if you don't like that woman's answer to your question, tough. Class dismissed. (laughs) Pay me (laughs) $60,000. I don't like the way Coulson kind of trivializes the women's studies class. Yeah. But the way that he talks about the cellist is so sweet. I know. He's so good. Um, so Colson is like, oh, a class on women? Used to be you had to just figure them out on your own. <laughs> Putting together a puzzle was half the fun. And Ward's like, you put together a lot of puzzles in your day? And like, yes, clearly, we all know that Colson was and is a slut, and we <laughs> love that for him. <laughs> One was particularly rewarding. <laughs> Colson! <laughs> Before he died, Coulson was seeing a woman who played the cello in the Portland Symphony. She also laughed at his jokes, the hallmark of any good relationship. But even though Coulson knows where she is, he can't be with her because outside of the select few S.H.I.E.L.D. agents who know the secret, the world believes that Phil Coulson is dead, so he has to keep S.H.I.E.L.D.'s secret. And this is so fucked! 
I hate it. So the cellist had actually been mentioned in the MCU before this. Oh, really? Yeah. In the 2012 Avengers movie, Tony Stark overhears Pepper Potts ask Coulson about the cellist he was seeing. And then later in the movie, Tony tries to get Coulson to see the cellist again. And then after Coulson died, Steve Rogers asks if he had any family. And Tony replies, there was a cellist. Oh, no. Yeah. So, Ward's like, maybe if she'd been an agent, you could be together. But Coulson says, fucking a fellow agent is just asking for trouble. That's right. <laughs> He's talking about you and May, Ward. Stop <laughs> fucking your coworker. <laughs> so, sometimes the IMDb goofs are actually kind of funny. Oh. Uh, so, this is one of them. <laughs> While driving down the street in the first third of the episode, looking at the forward and reverse views, it appears Agent Coulson drives through several stop signed intersections <laughs> without stopping. <laughs> I, I wanted to include that because I know it's just like a filming mistake, whatever. They thought no one would notice. But I think it's funny to imagine Coulson and Ward on this mission, and Coulson is just casually running multiple stop signs. <laughs> Like, no biggie. Uh, so back on the plane, Sky thanks May for helping her find her long-lost folks. And May doesn't say anything at first. And then she just reprimands Sky for working on this while they are on a mission. And she's not supposed to call May for something non-mission related, apparently. And Sky's like, uh, well, I mean, that's not why I called you in here. Um, <laughs> was just working on this while I was waiting for you, but whatever. Ever heard of free time, May? Yeah, <laughs> apparently not. But Sky actually did find something on Poe. She found Poe's visit with Reyna in the prison. There was no audio on the security footage, but Sky used Shield's lip reading program because they have one of those <laughs> and found out what Poe was saying. The clairvoyant does not like to be touched. Ooh. Mike recognizes Reyna from this footage and tells them that she was the one who recruited him for Centipede. Because he had a gift. Queen! <laughs> we love a scammer! Yeah! <laughs> Tricking all these men into ruining their lives because she has a pretty face and a sexy voice. Yep, that's it. Incredible. I look up to her, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we cut to a warehouse, and Reyna checks on Poe as he is finishing his fancy steak dinner that he then complains about. Like, sorry, do you want to go back to prison food? Like I said, he sucks. <laughs> Clearly. Reyna wants Poe to talk to the clairvoyant again about moving on to stage three, whatever that means. And Poe says he already has, but the clairvoyant has trouble seeing the man that she's looking for and his weaknesses. Reyna brings up the fact that our S.H.I.E.L.D. team has destroyed two of their labs so far, and now they have to move their operation every few days. And it takes a toll on the super soldiers because they need constant upkeep and injections. Reyna stresses that this is difficult on the run, but Poe says maybe it's time to stop running. Ominous. Uh, Ward catches Laura leaving class, and he stops her, and she is happy to be stopped by him. Like, why is everyone in love with Ward? (laughs) He asks about her brother, and she's suddenly not so happy to see him. Ward lies and says that he's trying to find Brian to tell him that he won the lottery. (laughs) Interesting cover, but whatever. (laughs) Ward thought it was weird, too, because he questions it when he gets back to the car with Coulson. 
And Coulson's like, nothing makes people more suspicious than a handsome man giving out free money. Literally everyone is in love with Ward. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> okay, so this is no shade to Brett Dalton. Of course. I definitely see the physical aesthetic appeal of Ward. I guess. He is objectively very handsome. <laughs> but at least to me, he's handsome in an unsettling way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's just a vibe. He's too handsome and it's creepy <laughs> um but colson's scheming works out and they're able to track laura's cell data as she immediately calls her brother and they find out that brian is in oakland california so colson comes in to brief everyone on the new centipede facility and gives them their orders colson and mike go into the warehouse together but the lab team is having trouble getting signals and figuring out what the weird electrical sound is Ward thinks the place looks a little too empty. Fitz dials Brian's number, and it starts ringing in the warehouse. So Colson and Mike follow it to a storage container. The doors fly open, and Brian is there to greet them. He slides the giant container towards them, and Mike stops it like Edward stopping that van from hitting Bella in the first Twilight movie. <laughs> and Colson shoots Brian with a night-night gun, and he goes down with his face turning purple. A speak now Taylor's version Easter egg? Oh my god, does Taylor ever sleep never blondie is unhinged mother please first blake lively's dress and now agents of shield when will she stop but then the purple drains away and brian wakes up nobody wakes up from the night night gun that fast genuinely scary for real the fighting continues as another super soldier appears. Ward tries to jump in front of May to protect her, but he gets knocked out. And then Coulson! Don't throw Coulson like that! He might have more nightmares about Tahiti! <laughs> the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. team is down, so now it's Mike against the three centipede guys. One centipede approaches Mike while the others wait their turn to fight him. <laughs> so polite. And then he stabs Mike with rebar or something, and I'm having flashbacks to the Supernatural finale. Good God! And Mike goes down, but he still manages to save Coulson from being hit by the centipede and his rebar. That centipede goes down, so then the other two tap in. Oh, wait, nope, they just run away. <laughs> they hurry over to Brian, who is on the ground. He wasn't stabbed or anything, so I'm not really sure why he's apparently down for the count. Coulson tries to get him to spill on who's making him do this, but Brian doesn't really even seem concerned about them. He just promises to someone else that he won't talk and he begs for his life and then there's a spark in the corner of his eye and he goes limp he had a robot eye just like akila amador what the fuck so the camera goes into his eye and i don't i don't like that shot at all <laughs> and then on the other side reyna and poe are watching colson and mike from their ipad in a car reyna recognizes mike and that mike hasn't been injected with serum in a while but he still has powers somehow. Poe says that Mike is the key to stage three. Back in the lab, Fitz is showing everyone the comparison of Brian's robot eye and Aquila's, and the technology is identical, which leads Coulson to believe that Centipede also created Aquila's eye. The team starts speculating about who is funding this constant update in technology, and they know that Poe is the strategist and Reyna is the recruiter. So they think maybe the clairvoyant has the fat wallet, because if you could see the future, wouldn't you go straight to Vegas? I mean, like, I probably wouldn't, but I'm sure some people would. <laughs> Poe gets back in the car with Reyna after speaking with the clairvoyant. He says he'll share more information when the time is right. 
But Reyna wants to know more about the clairvoyant than about the plan. But Poe explains that the last person who tried to learn about the clairvoyant got a knife for it. I'm like, okay, were they killed or just injured? <laughs> or did just they just like get a little prize? <laughs> like a knife as a gift. Here's a knife. <laughs> Gasp! But Poe was the one who did it and he doesn't want to have to do that again. Especially not since Reyna has such pretty eyes. The, the implication that that's the only way that he can kill someone is so funny to me. That's hilarious. Like, oh, <laughs> did it once. That's my signature now. I can only go for the eyes. Reyna understands, but Poe cheers her back up by saying that while he can't tell Reyna about the clairvoyant, he did tell the clairvoyant all about Reyna and her many virtues. And she goes, how sweet. And then they touch pinkies, and he almost jizzes his pants right there. <laughs> oh, I hate it. They're both so, like, unhinged and detached from reality that the way that they interact is so creepy. It's disgusting. <laughs> I'm sure that was the point of this scene, and boy, I felt it. <laughs> so back in the plane, Ward is icing his jaw in the bar when May storms in. He offers to pour her a drink, but she is mad, man. Don't ever do that again. I don't need your protection. And Ward's like, um, you thought I took that punch for you to protect you? No, 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 no. No. That was purely tactical. Like, what, you thought I cared about you? <laughs> LMAO. <laughs> because I don't. <laughs> don't flatter yourself. And he walks away, leaving May alone as Sky walks up. And May's like, what, is this about that stupid flash drive again? Like, rude. May, come on. <laughs> Sky's like, listen, I get you don't want to help with that, but I was not the one that asked you. Coulson did. And then May almost slips up. She's like, Coulson doesn't want to tell you the truth, but the truth is. And then you can see in her eyes, she's like, shit, fuck. <laughs> Gotta change gears, change gears. She only did it because Coulson would be mad at her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, the truth is, you have to decide why you're here. Your mission is not to find your dead parents. If you can't put aside your personal attachments, then you shouldn't be here. Like, <laughs> holy shit, May. <laughs> that is like major projection. <laughs> May is, like, catching feelings for Ward or something and literally taking it out on everyone. <laughs> May was out of line this episode. For real. I don't like the way that she's lashing out. I know why she's doing it. I understand it. I've been there. But I don't like it. Yeah. She's got a lot of trauma that she ran away from for a reason. And now she's being forced to face it. And she's coping by sleeping with someone she shouldn't and lashing out at people who don't deserve it. <laughs> I've been on both sides of that. But knowing the why doesn't excuse the action. Exactly. She was out of line. She needs a therapy. <laughs> Sky is speechless. She goes back to her bunk and starts ripping up the research that she had done. Coulson catches her just as she's closing her door, but he stops himself before he knocks on her door to check on her because he can hear her crying through the door. And, like, they don't have soundproofing in this plane. <laughs> or she's just crying very loudly. Or she, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, valid. That I'm not. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Later that night, Mike goes to see Coulson in his office. And uh, holy shit, Mike is so tall. <laughs> he is very tall. 
I will post the picture of me and J. August Richards from when I met him in 2014. He's leaning over and he still very much towers over me. I mean, like, that's easy for you. (laughs) (laughs) I am 4'11", but still. Still. (laughs) Again, I have to reiterate, J. August Richards is like the sweetest man alive. He is Mike Peterson. He's so sweet. (laughs) He was so kind and engaging to me and my dad. And he was really into discussing the nuances of his character, which you know I was all about. (laughs) Of course. That's so cool of him. So Mike apologizes for not being much good to them while he heals. And Coulson's like, uh, duh, you were literally stabbed with the thing that took out Dean Winchester. Like, I think you've earned a little rest. <laughs> Coulson says he appreciates how hard Mike works at training, but he questions why he hasn't gone to see Ace since Union Station. Mike is afraid to see Ace because the last time they were together, Mike was not himself. And he's ashamed that Ace saw him like that. He thinks maybe Ace is better off without him, but Coulson stops him right there. Coulson gave up the normal apple pie life that he could have had in favor of being a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent because it was easier to cut himself off from distractions. But Mike has a son to think about, someone waiting for him to come home, and that needs to be part of the equation before Mike can make any kind of a decision. I feel like there were like four endings to this episode. I thought it was going to end like so many times and it just kept going. For real. That's the thing with this like this whole show. You're like, okay, glad that's resolved. Oh, shit. (laughs) So back in his room, Mike calls Ace. Ace is playing with his action figures that Mike gave him when the phone rings. Mike tells Ace that he's going to come home soon to see him for a bit. And Ace is so excited that his dad will get to meet his new friend, Raina. <laughs> and she's there with Ace right now. She gets on the phone and she reminds Mike that she can change his life, a.k.a. she can take away his son. What the fuck? <laughs> My note for this part was just in all caps. No, 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 no. Literally. <laughs> now my. <coughs> oh, that kind of hurt. <laughs> Coulson is filling in the team, saying that Centipede wants to trade Ace for his father. They want Mike. They want to experiment on him to figure out how he's stabilized. And Ward wants to take on Centipede even without S.H.I.E.L.D. support. Coulson said he's told HQ to stand down. And May thinks that they should at least have a hostage rescue team for support, but the instructions that Centipede gave Mike were very clear, and Mike is not willing to risk Ace's life any more than they already have. Sky reminds them that Mike is still injured. They can't just hand him over like this. But Fitzsimmons does have a backup tracking plan. Simmons can give him an odorless scent, which seems like an oxymoron. (laughs) Uh, And Fitz has a device that can track it like a bloodhound from over 50 kilometers. They'll be able to follow Mike well after the trade and buy him some time to heal. Mike doesn't care about any of this. He just wants Ace safe. And Coulson promises that they will get Ace back no matter what. So two S.H.I.E.L.D. vehicles pull up to a closed bridge, and May begs Coulson to let her be the one to escort Mike to the exchange, but Mike requested Coulson. May knows the plan, but she really doesn't like it. Simmons applies the scent to the back of Mike's hand, and, like, uh, that seems like a n- not the best place to put it. Like, what if they cut off his hand? I feel like they should apply it to, like, his torso or just somewhere that they can't just cut off. <laughs> Coulson and Mike head out to the middle of the bridge to meet Reyna and one of the centipede soldiers. 
Ward is in a sniper position watching. Raina taunts Mike by saying how adorable Ace is and how he looks just like Mike. Raina thanks Mike for holding up his end of the deal, but Coulson tries to hurry things along. Let's just make the trade already. You get Mike, we get Ace. But Raina says, actually, that's not the trade. They actually told Mike to deliver Coulson in exchange for Ace. I completely forgot about this bait and switch. And I was both horrified and delighted. (laughs) Delighted because it's good TV. Horrified because Coulson, no! I know! That, oh my God, it had my heart (laughs) beating. So Mike lunges at Raina and says, new deal, my son for your life. But Raina says that her employer cares no more for her life than for Ace's. So if Raina dies, so does Ace. Wow, that sounds like every employer ever. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Uh, we live in a capitalist housecape. Yes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Raina signals and Ace is let out of the car and he runs to Mike. Sky, May, and Fitzsimmons are all watching from the car, and they literally had a better view of this than Sniper Ward. <laughs> they are ready to activate comms and trackers as soon as May gives the word. But the tracker is on the wrong person. Coulson doesn't have the scent on him. What the f- What are they going to do? Awful. 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 So I am sweating at this point. Mike apologizes to Coulson again, but Coulson reminds him that he made the only choice that he could have. Mike walks back to the car with Ace, and Raina injects Coulson with some, like, blue liquid, and he goes limp as the soldiers carry him to their car behind Raina. Ward is prepared to fire, but May tells him to stand down or they'll kill Coulson. She calls for HQ to send backup, and she starts running. Skye jumps out of the car to meet Mike and Ace. Mike gives Ace to Skye and tells her to take care of him. So then Mike starts running back. As he gets to the bridge... The trucks right next to him blow up in a huge explosion. Mm, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. (laughs) My heart stopped. Ward is searching for Coulson in the scope, but he can't find him. And then Raina's car blows up too. Everyone is speechless and frozen for a moment, me included. (laughs) And then a, a helicopter flies out from under the bridge and starts shooting at Ward and he gets hit. The helicopter flies away, but the shield team is still in shock. And then May's face just darkens. Oh my god. <laughs> I obviously knew that Coulson survives, and even I was scared when the car blew up. Yeah. I was like, there's <laughs> literally every time that they're like, oh, what if Coulson died? It's like, it's the first season of this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this bridge sequence was filmed at the Queensway Twin Bridges in Long Beach, California. And all of the elements involved in the sequence were mapped out down to the second. The explosions were done twice in order to capture both a wide shot and close-ups. Which, like, how how long did it take to clean up between those shots? Also, shout out to Chloe Bennett for the very realistic and heartbreaking panic-slash-devastated scream. Yes. Yes, it did make me cry. And yes, I did rewind to watch the scene again and cry some more. It was excellent. Oh my god. I, whoo. It literally, it made me cry. The whole, like, explosions made my heart stop, but that part, that made me cry. It felt very real. It it felt very, very real. It was so fucking intense. Like, I I couldn't even handle any post-content content. I was like, how else can they hurt me in this episode? In the helicopter, Poe announces that they'll land in half an hour. And Raina says, good. The sooner we begin, the better. And, like, 
Are they going to make Coulson into a centipede soldier? Like, what the fuck? That's a funny thought, honestly. (laughs) Coulson tells her that whatever their plan is, it's not going to work. Wait, actually, I wanted to say that differently. Coulson tells her that whatever their plan is, it's not going to work. He is not going to submit to them. But Reyna is confident that he will. All they want from Coulson is for him to tell them about the day after he died. And bitch, he does not know that. (laughs) I got so excited once I got to the end of the episode and my brain put all the little pieces together because I realized, holy shit, next week is the big episode. Oh my God. (laughs) I am so excited. You can't do that to me. (laughs) I cannot wait. I already watched ahead. I'm going to, I plan on watching that episode like as many times as I can this week. (laughs) it's so good i'm so excited i'm scared (laughs) (laughs) oh so what were your overall thoughts i i don't have any overall thoughts none (laughs) i i i don't i'm just very excited for next week (laughs) i did i mine were mine was just that was so intense (laughs) yeah and literally like there were at least three very distinct points in the episode where I was like, oh, this is the end of the episode. And then I checked and there was like 20 yeah. minutes left. <laughs> I love this show. <laughs> ah. It was so good. All right. As much as it pains me, honestly, to end this conversation. I know. Uh, that, <laughs> that concludes our episode on season one, episode 10, The Bridge. Woohoo! Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you want to keep up with us, you can follow us on TikTok at Agents of Nothing Podcast, on Twitter at Agent Nothing Pod. You can also go to anchor.fm slash Agents of Nothing and send us a voice message with your thoughts. You can also donate to us on Anchor if you want to. Uh, no pressure, but we would like that very much. <laughs> you can also email us at Agents of Nothing Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Tell us your thoughts. Um, As the show is getting juicier, we would really like to hear what you guys think. We want to (laughs) know. Tell us. (laughs) Tell us what you're thinking. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can find me, Mariah, on Twitter at FullSwampWitch underscore, on TikTok at Submarine Warfare, and also on Instagram at Submarine Warfare. And you can follow me, Caroline. On Twitter at RustyPage95, on Instagram at underscore RustyPage, and on TikTok at CrazyGinger995. Next week, we will be covering Season 1, Episode 11, The Magical Place. Oh my god, it's Tahiti. (laughs) So stay tuned for that. Okay, bye. Bye, love you.